everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the AI for Sales Expert on the Sales Experts channel and C-Suite Network podcast show. And today I've got with me John Judge from Crayon. And uh, I think I'm saying that right. I remember saying it when I was younger and I, I actually just bought some uh, gummy crayons for my son in the last couple of days. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, John, what's your role with Crayon and uh, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Chad. Thank you for having me. And yes, it's either crayon or crayon. We'll go, we'll go with either. Uh, <laughs> so my role at, at Crayon, I've been there a little over a year, is I'm responsible for new revenue, sales, and all kinds of fun stuff about making the company grow. Got it. And so that our audience knows what it is Crayon does, tell us a little bit about how the company helps mainly SaaS companies, I understand, and probably some other industries. So Crayon is a competitive intelligence platform. It's a SaaS platform. So think about um, not long ago, the only way you probably ever got competitive intelligence handed to you if you were a sales professional or a sales leader was somebody over in the marketing department went off on this long project of interviews and consultants and all kinds of other stuff and massive PowerPoint decks got built and they got eventually distributed to somebody within your organization and eventually handed down to you. Uh, that's slow. It's often inaccurate. And by the time that information gets to you on the front lines, it's probably useless to you because it's outdated and it's not in a format where you can really use it and leverage it. Along comes Crayon, where we have built a competitive intelligence platform where we go out and get anything that's publicly available on the web, get any of that information on your competitors, and in some cases, your best customers, uh, help cut the signal to noise, because pulling everything in from the web, there's a lot of stuff out there. Our AI and machine learning and natural language processing has the ability to cut through signal and noise, and then we also have the ability to deliver this information back out to the organization in real time, le leveraging the, the um, native distribution vehicles that you've already got in your company. Email, Slack, Teams, Salesforce, you name it. Got it. So we've turned this project-based process into a process-based high-speed, accurate, actionable process. Got it. WebEx circa 2005 to 2007, when I was running part of the country for them, we had a wheel on the intranet and it had every competitor from A to Z. And you'd yep. click into the B and you'd say, oh, there's five companies that are in the Bs. And then to your point, it almost reminds me of a textbook versus reading uh, uh, you know, Yahoo News. Because by the time you got the textbook, man, it was outdated. And then, and then the person who did the competitive intelligence, it was never categorized properly. Um, it was just outdated quickly. And, and when I tested Crayon, I got to say that the real-time information of a price change, for example, of a competitor, when I was at Ring Central, we could go in to Crayon and take a peek and say, oh, wow. Uh, eight by eight just changed their pricing by $4. You know, do we need to respond or what do we do next? Um, yeah. So it's, it's very detailed and very cool. Well, we're going to dig in a little bit more into how you use AI. Before we do that, 
Sure. Um, my listeners have always liked to get to know who who the people are on the other end of the other end of the podcast. So, John, what what tell us about like where you grew up? You know, what was your passion when you were younger? Um, you know, to to figure out what's the line between then and now. Sure. So I grew up in the beautiful city of Brockton, Massachusetts, affectionately known as the City of Champions. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, the late great, uh, Rocky Marciano, and 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 the like. And uh, I was fortunate enough to also spend my summers on Cape Cod. So I was a big sailor and swimmer. And as a young man, I realized I was a pretty good swimmer. So I swam competitively in high school. I swam competitively uh, Division I-A NCAAs uh, for three years in college. Uh, and just loved getting in the water and touching the wall first uh, and just like, just dug the butterflies in the stomach and just dug like being, being best or not being best and getting back in the pool and coming back and facing someone down a second time and beating them. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I'm sure even in today's environment, before we launched the podcast today, we, I asked you, you know, how, how are things? And you said, uh, it's end of quarter. <laughs> and so I have to believe that butterfly feeling in the stomach uh, continues to occur and you like to live in that environment. hundred percent. It, it's, I'm a person who I got asked this question the other day. Are you a person driven by not wanting to lose or a person driven by wanting to win? And I, and I work with some great individuals currently who just hate losing. They are so driven, like can't lose, can't lose. I'm much more of a get out and win person. I, I like the feeling of winning. Uh, and, and that's the kind of attitude I like to bring uh, to my work environment, to my teams and, and have my leadership follow that example. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, for 25 years, I used to say both. How can you pick one? Well, then I realized if I go to Las Vegas and I lose $500 at a table, I can easily write that off. So I, I didn't hate that loss. I just move on because there's another table waiting for me. And then when I win $3,000 on a Royal straight flush or something, I'd much, I'm so much happier with the win. <laughs> so yeah. I can oh, yeah. relate to that, you know, touching yeah. the wall first. Listen, you learn a lot more with the losses. Because you tend to put your head down, you tend to bear down and, and get it done. We, we often don't pause like that when we win. We sort of celebrate and move on. But yeah, there's there's nothing like walking away with, you know, from the table with a little more than you <laughs> Yeah, that's right. A little more than you came with. Well, so a lot of people that I talked to, I wrote the book called AI for Sales, How Artificial Int Intelligence is Changing Sales. I wrote it in late 2019, early 2020 interviewed 21 different CEOs, data scientists, chief, et cetera. A lot of the feeling of reps and managers and leaders is, oh, is this going to replace my sales team? And, you know, from all I've seen over deploying this kind of technology for three years, no, it's putting the Ironman suit on and it makes your team two, three, five, 10 times more effective and ability to compete in a much different way. Could some people uh, be affected? Sure. If you're a BDR and all you're doing is an email blast, mm -hmm. uh, that skill set probably isn't as much required. However, I still need you to go do other things as a BDR. Um, what are yeah. your thoughts on 
you know, is it a replacement of people or will it actually empower people? Uh, absolutely empower. Um, as, as a sales leader, as, as, a, as a business leader, I am constantly looking for repeatable process. I'm looking for scale. Uh, and I'm looking for instrumentation. What I mean by instrumentation, the ability to have a set of leading indicators that can tell me, you know, like we were talking about, it's halfway through the halfway through the month. Like, what are my leading indicators telling me? Because the lagging indicator is closing the deal. I want that's easy. That's easy to measure. <laughs> I want to be able to measure the other stuff. So, what AI brings to our sales organization, and I can give, and I can give you some examples, is so much more of that, you know, repeatability and visibility that I'm looking for. So then I, you know, if I want to step on the gas, I'm confident we can step on the gas and get the kind of results we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Repeatability, visibility. Give me an, give me one example of that. So I'll cheat a little bit and I'll talk a little bit about our product a bit. So like I mentioned earlier at the top of the cast, the Crayon has the ability to feed real-time information as to what your competitors are up to. Um, our AI is, is able to say, hey, this is important, that isn't important, and get this into the hands of the salesperson right away. So we're using AI to feed information to salespeople so they can win more competitive deals. So they are looking at actual data associated with, say, uh, recent reviews on G2 Crowd, when some a competitor saying, hey, we're onboarding in X amount of time, you know, our salespeople can look down and go, actually, that's really not true. They're late. They're, the last three reviews they got, their onboarding is taking a little bit longer than that. You might want to go poke back at that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they say that they're GDPR compliant in, in all of these European states. Hey, you know what? Actually, they're no longer doing business in three of those, in three of those uh, countries anymore because it appears that they're not GDPR compliance. We just, we just pulled that off their website. They just dropped it from their website two days ago. You might want to go double check that. That's, you know, actionable competitive intelligence that helps sales reps win more deals. Um, we're also big into conversational intelligence, chorus, gong, and the like. I'll skip on who, who, we, who we use. Um, but that kind of artificial intelligence on informing our salespeople the words that work, the words that don't, when we hear customers or prospects say some things and we get the kind of intelligence back from our, our system saying, these answers work better than those answers, that's massive. That's just, that's like informing us on, you know, how do you go close more deals as opposed to, I think this works or, hey, listen to Fred over here. He's, he's been killing it lately. Just do what he does. Um, the last one I'd use as an example, and it's, it's sort of now uh, everywhere in the organizations, but chat and chatbots have become extraordinarily powerful, especially for our BDRs. Um, a, the chatbot can sort of get the conversation going, help us quickly determine if this is a live, uh, a live one or not. And my sales reps are right in there and they're not begging to get them on the phone anymore. They're having real conversations in chat that is now leveraging a, a new way to bring in a lead. So that's three examples of how we're using AI to just scale, move fast. And you know what? The buying experience is so much better. 
Yeah, right. Meet meet them where they are, right? I mm-hmm. I remember talking to a company a week ago and one of the leaders on the call was saying, hey, we just need to get them. We get these leads and we need to get them on the phone. And I was like, you know, I used to say that like mm-hmm. 10 years ago or maybe even three years ago. <laughs> and, and now as a buyer, and if, if I'm going to book something online, I don't want someone to call me. I'm there to, you know, maybe on my mobile phone or it's six o'clock at night. I, I, you know, I was doing a mortgage the other day. And, and the guy's like, hey, let's schedule time. I, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't want to get hammered by you on an 18%, yeah. you know, on some crazy upsell or something. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, awesome. No, it's the, it's the, and, um, you know, there's, there, there's so much more comfort in sharing that kind of information through multi-channeled or multi, or multi-threaded approaches. And as I always tell my sales folks in my BDRs, listen, leads don't call themselves leads. There are people doing research. We're calling them leads, but it's really somebody out there trying to research a topic or potentially research our product or what have you. Let's keep informing them along the way. Let's make this buying journey a fun one for them. So we're making them smarter. We're allowing them to see that our organization is one that is going to be a good partner down the road. And then sure, when they start talking about like, what does your product do and how does that work? Sure. Let's now let's get them on the phone. Let's get them in that demo. Let's crank up that Zoom and see if we can bring mm. we it We worked with a company called Factor 8 out of Arizona, uh, Lauren Bailey, at, when I was at Ring Central. And our inbound leads team, you know, the standard message when I got there was, hey, a, a note just came across my desk this morning that you are interested in buying from Ring Central. Um, I'm, I'm, my role is to schedule the demo with you. And these people were like, whoa, 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 hold, hold the line. What? What? And so when factor eight came in and did the discovery, met with the team, and we're talking, you know, hundred plus reps. So a small one degree shift means lots and lots of upside. You bet. So it changed to, Hey, my, I understand you're doing some research. You're looking into the alternatives. My role is to help you short cycle the uh, from, you know, from the time you start looking to the time you make an educated decision and make sure you get all the information along the way. Um, so with that in mind, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? It was just Fire a away. softer glow, right? And Fire could, away. Yeah, go ahead. And then, and then it's, it becomes easy. And then when you're in the questions, you can start uh, laying yeah. some landmines and whatnot. So. Yeah. And the, the conversion metrics and the ability to really influence more revenue in the door at the top of the funnel like sure, making your close rate better two or three or four or five or 10% or whatever, that's great. But if you can get more of those ops to convert to discos and discos to convert to demos, there's there's a whole lot more of those at the top of the funnel than there eventually are down at the bottom on, on the improved close rate. Close rate's important, but man, if we can have better conversations at the top of the funnel where people are like, I wanna keep talking to you, Chad, you're a good dude. That's a good thing. Well, it's interesting. There was a McKinsey study. I thought it came out yesterday because a rep sent it to me and it turns out it was from October, 2020. And I was like, oh, it's been out that long. Not much has changed since then. (laughs) Not much has changed since then. And it said that the top reps are doing 82% more phone calls than bottom performers right now. And they, they prefer it to email. Because if you've looked at the email stats lately, you can blast 3,000 people, you can add video. There's, it's really, really hard. Um, yeah. 
So one of the things I'm seeing to your point and what uh, another trick we did at Ring Central, they had spent a million dollars a quarter on these shared lead programs. So shared lead is they sell it to eight by eight Ring Central and four other vendors. So you have to be there first, but you have to be there often and frequent. So we cranked up the knob to 10, 12 dials over the course of a month. And yeah. usually the other rep calls once, leaves a message, and then the, the deal's dead. So people are now starting to hear, oh, Chad, you're the guy that does the dormant leads program. <laughs> you know, I've literally had like three calls in the last week because adding 10, 12 dials against those leads can convert. We moved the, the conversion from 8% to 18% in no time. Unbelievable. It's Unbelievable. Just, it was magical. A big thing for me too on voicemail, for example, maybe a little less to do with AI, but just with sort of good manners and what have you is Hi, Chad, I know you're trying to convert more opportunities to, to key wins against your competitors. My name's John. I'm calling from Crayon. I just sent you an email regarding this, and I'm hoping I can get 15 minutes of your time. Thank you. I lead with the business problem, and I don't leave my damn phone number or my email or anything. I go, I got a solution to a problem I think you have. My name is John. Take a look at your inbox. Yeah. And the conversions we get on that simple process is over the moon. It's Versus probably, the, yeah, five to 15% callbacks where normally you'll get a zero to one. You get, you get, you get zero because we've taken out the useless pleasantries. We're getting right to the point. And you know what? Maybe we know what you're looking for. Maybe we don't, but we make an educated guess. And a lot of those educated guests are informed by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and, and other things that we're Yes, leveraging. yes, yes. That's another power of, of AI. Um, one, one objection I, I thought about while we we're talking here is, you know, we've got competitors, but we just don't like to follow what they do. Um, you know, they can do whatever we want, they want to do, and we're going to do what we're going to want. We're going to do. We're leaders, not followers. How do you handle that objection? Uh, you won't stay in that position long, if, if that's, how you, that's how you feel. And good for you for staking out a position at the top of the mountain. But if you're not peeking down every once in a while at the various trails that exist, someone's going to sneak up on you. It's happened in every single industry known to mankind. Look at the Fortune 100, the Fortune 500 right now, and go back 10 years ago and see how many of those Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies were there 10 years ago and are still here now. It will frighten you when you see what it looks like. Yeah, that's you amazing. Need to, you need to stay in front. Second is, I don't care how big and how bad you are, at the front line of your sales organization, you're having competitive deals and you're losing some of those competitive deals. By having an efficient competitive intelligence platform, we can move that competitive win rate and we've proven it statistically. We can move that competitive win rate 20 to 50% up. So Chad, if I could sit there and tell you, I think I can help you win two, three, four more deals a month, and we multiply that by your ASP, your crayon investment is probably going to pay for itself in one deal or two deals. Now let's spread that out over a fiscal year. Come on, let's go. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I think of a recent opportunity that I found out about manually from a new hire on the team, and he sends me this video. Um, there's a company out there called Apollo and they, they provide the data and the email platform. And it's a pretty exhaustive platform. 
Well, they have a product that's similar to what we have, which is called introductions. And it's a warm intro thing that gets meetings with AI with other people. And, um, and they came out with this video. Well, it's been out for three or four months. Well, if I would have known that at the time or close to the time it came out, there's other competitors to them that I can approach. Cognism is one out of Europe, sales loft outreach, the, the obvious ones, even Zoom info has a emailing technology. You could go approach those four or five, 10 channel partners, say, hey, see what they're doing? We're the only other show in town. And you know, you yeah. talk about a big opportunity. If yeah. you're talking to me, it's two, three opportunities a month. If I'm talking to one of those resellers who have 10,000, 50,000 customers, and we now go to a partner channel strategy because we didn't know what happened in that area. Oh my gosh, we're talking thousands of- Spot on, spot on, excellent example. And I'll, I'll take that one step further. What if you could find out they were gonna do that before they did it? So oh, we wow. use AI to track language and we do sort of today uh, and yesterday word clouds to show, hey, wait a minute, this competitor of yours over here is starting to use these words a lot more. Hey, let's click into what those words, what, how they're using it and what context they're using it. Hey, they're cooking something up. Look, they're cooking something up. Let's see if we can go figure out what it is. And we figure out what it is and you know they're coming out with a video and you know they're coming out with a new service before they've announced it, you're out in front of them. Yeah, you're out front. Wow. So we've talked a lot about the as is around AI. And it's funny, mm -hmm. if we go speak in an audience, hey, raise your hand if you're using AI. Uh, when I, back when it used to be cool to get on airplanes and talk in front of an audience. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's yeah. 300 CEOs and maybe three will raise their hand. And then I'm yep. ask a question. Does anyone use Zoom info? And then 40% raise their hand. Oh, well, you're using AI. So a lot of yeah. people are using it. They just don't know they're using it, just like an Alexa app or whatever. Um, exactly. So we talked a lot about the current as is state of affairs. I have to imagine over the next hill, a lot of this information that you trigger requires someone to do something with it and put it into a sales cycle, for example, or a marketer to put it into their marketing outreach. Is there a time where things get smart enough, just like a Bombora trigger, right? There's an intent data. Okay, let's put that into this email cadence, this voicemail drop this social media post, when does, when does all that become so seamless that, or maybe it's already happening, uh, that your product tells me about a competitor and then boom, instantaneously the prices change, for example. I think, uh, listen, there's, there is still going to be, in my opinion, a level of human element uh, in a buying and selling process. Um, yes, it's potentially for, you know, more expensive items or, or items that potentially bump up against, you know, security procedures or, or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, are we buying more and more stuff online without ever talking to a human being ever? Just ask the folks at Amazon the answer, the answer to that question. However, in, in the B2B world, I'm a big believer that a lot of transactions still take place because of good old fashioned trust and, and, go, and going through a discerning process. Now, I think 
the piece where AI, if you look over the horizon line where I think AI is gonna get really interesting and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is how does it help us start to ask the questions that we haven't thought about asking yet? And give us a sort of glimpse into the future or the potential of what might be out there that we, we just either, we don't have time to, to think about it or we just haven't thought about it. And I think that to, to my example earlier, Chad, of wouldn't it be neat if you knew they were cooking something up just because of the chatter going on in their, in their, in their, you know, their blogs and their social listings and all that other stuff that you could say, wait a minute, are they about to introduce X? Let's go find out. And that gives you such great strength as an organization. There was a really neat, um, oh shoot, where was I going to go with that? There's, there's a technology, okay, code breaker technology. So not only the questions to ask, but also the way to ask the questions mm. and, and, the, and line it up to the personality of the buyer. So think back yeah. to all the sales training we've been through, you know, a few decades of sales training. And usually someone comes in and says, hey, if you're asking, if you're talking to a C-level person versus a VP versus a, a user buyer, there's different types of questions. And that'll get you directionally correct. Probably mm -hmm. 70% scorecard, which is a C. My son's in college right now, so I'm thinking in terms of grades. And, um, but if you could actually have an AI look at the person's LinkedIn profile and tell you beyond a reasonable doubt what their bank code is, blueprint, action. And there's, I don't know what the N and the K stand for knowledge, I think is one of them. But if you could order that properly and then align your questions to that type as a salesperson training someone, Hey, there's 50 variations of how to do this. There's no way they're going to, you can only train them the tip of the iceberg, but to yeah. take it that last mile to get from 70% to hundred, if you served up the AI questions on the right-hand side of your screen while I'm talking to you and you don't even know I'm looking over there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to get really powerful, really. It's fast. very powerful. And I think, I think the, the integration of some of the really cool AI systems that are out there to even take a step or two out of it. So I talked earlier about conversational intelligence. We're working with a, 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 one of those firms who's a, who happens to be a, a customer and we're a customer of theirs. Um, we're taking what, what does the prospect say and how does that relate to some of the things we may have said relative to a competitor or relative to our offering and, and merging the two technologies. So now we've got a, a, you know, a single source of truth that is both factual that we've pulled from the web, but what we also call field intelligence. So the words that are actually being said by salespeople or prospects and merging that together with what we've garnered from the web and what kind of result does that potentially give us? Yeah. It's got us yeah. really excited. Yeah, I mean, just like we said earlier, one or 2% improvement means a lot. And it's fun with these kinds of analyses because now you can get, like we said, the eight to 18%, that's way more than one or 2%. That's a 200%, yeah. you know, 250% yeah. increase. And I think and, and, listen, and the world's just getting more competitive. It's just the world is just getting more competitive. You ask any CEO, you know, what, you know, give me the top three things bugging you. And I guarantee you, you know, the competition in the competitive environment is either one, two or three out of every one of their mouths. Yeah. Well, it, it, 
it's interesting because it it feels like I've been in those times in life before where you you feel it start to get more competitive. And um, even though the stock market's doing great and there's all kinds of green, it, it starts to feel like, hmm, what, what's lurking around the corner out there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So you got to keep, you got to keep, this taking. is the time to put it in while you're, while you're rocking it. Yeah. Um, and you've got the budget, you know, go put this competitive intelligence AI in, understand what your competitors are doing so that you don't miss opportunities. Cause look, if you get a year out and let's say the economy isn't what it is today, then are you going to be ready for it? And exactly too late. Exactly. John, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks for sharing so much information. Um, how can people reach you if they want to get a hold of you and learn more about your organization? I, it was a blast, Chad. Thank you very much. So I am very simply put, JJ at crayon.co. Uh, and you can find me and I'll be happy to hear from you or drop in on my LinkedIn page. and you, I'm easily find, found there. That's super. It, when I lived in Arizona 20 years ago, there was JJ, the king of beepers, and he had a billboard in town <laughs> and, and TV ads that were amazing. So JJ, the king of competitive intelligence. <laughs> Thank you, my man. All right. Thanks, John. Cheers, Chad. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>